Welcome to the Fan Engagement Chat, the episode of the Fan Engagement Pod, where we hear about someone's approach to fan engagement. This week we chat with Lee Pomlet, chairman and owner of Warsaw Football Club. Lee has a long career in business, working in the freight and logistics field and remains chairman of the Freight Transport Association. In these troubled times, I can imagine he's busy enough with that, but he's also a progressive thinking chairman of Warsaw and he explains more about how he does things at his boyhood club in this short but insightful conversation. I think Lee represents an emerging group of clubs across the game, some private, some fan-owned, some a mixture who think progressively about their clubs, treat them with a lot more care and attention and don't gamble with them in the way we used to see. Incidentally, a lot of them are already involved in the Fair Game movement, which you can read more about at fairgameuk.org. You can find more about uh, more out about our work at fanengagement.net, where you can register for free, get access to the Fan Engagement Hub with more detailed data and case studies from the 2018-19 and 19-20 fan engagement indexes and from now on we'll be publishing one edition of the pod each tuesday including the fan engagement chat this episode baz chat with bashnator and did they ask the fans with tim crow please like subscribe and share it really does help our visibility in a very crowded podcast world enjoy the episode <laughs> Right, thanks for um, thanks for joining me, Lee Lee Pomlet, the chairman of um, Warsaw Football Club and the majority, <coughs> excuse me, the majority owner. As well, it's worth adding. Um, you've been there now for a couple of years. Yeah. It's been, I mean, you could say this about most clubs. I presume it's been something of a roller coaster because you joined two years ago, just probably yeah. about four or five months before. Um, that pesky pandemic came along and kind of derailed all of us. How's um, how's it been? I mean, is this the first time we? Is this the first time you've been directly involved in a football club, other than just being a, a lifelong fan of Warsaw? No, I've been on the board of Warsaw Football Club for ten years. For ten years before, so you've seen, yeah. you've had yeah. time to kind of get used to. Yeah, I understand how football works, but I've been chairman for two years and. Um, so, yeah, just in time for the pandemic. So timing wasn't great, to be honest. <laughs> it's been uh, very tough. And, um, you know, I I couldn't, uh, you, you couldn't make it up, could you? You buy the football club and within months you're in a pandemic. And how was it? We didn't see any fans for, what, 15, 16 months. So um, very difficult. But we've navigated through it and uh, we've come out the other side to a point that we're still suffering from the uh, effects of the pandemic um, financially and um, the, the sort of all sorts of impacts on staff that um, we're slammed to manage. So we're not out of the woods yet, but it's it's great to see the fans back and that's made a step forward. So a lot of pe- I think a lot of people will forget, I mean, this is the case with business full stop and I've, I've got friends you know, you've you've been in the world of um, logistics for a huge amount of time. Mm. I've got friends who run small businesses who remind me regularly um, when I talk to them that look, it's not that we haven't just been you know haven't just been trading, um, as is the case with most businesses, but we've now got debt we have to service, we have to pay off, even if it's in the case of um, uh, the the particular businesses I'm talking about, it might be the the, the very favourable interest rates on 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 government um, loans that were given to them during the pandemic they've still got a lot of money waiting to be paid back and that's 
um, easily forgotten when, especially with something like football, when there's this, you know, amazing relief. I mean, there's still a lot we mustn't forget. Obviously, there's, and you'll be mindful of this, I'm sure. There's still a lot of people who find those situations very difficult. Big public event, um, you know, lots of people not wearing masks, yeah. being a little bit yeah. worried about it. But you've now got to deal with the, um, I don't want to go too much into the business of football because I want to talk about fan engagement with you. But, you know, those, in terms of understanding that, you know, that you're going to have to carry that, those debts for a while. It's not going to be an immediate return to, to. Um, uh, we, we are, we, we we um, we will be carrying the debt for um, a couple of three years, I suppose. But we didn't um, we didn't need to borrow heavily, uh, and uh, some of the money was borrowed from me. And I'm a patient man when it comes to getting the cash back. So um, financially, we will we will battle through it. Uh, of that, I have uh, no doubt. We posted a profit again last year. It's going to be a struggle this year, but we might. We certainly haven't given up hope on that. Um, so, uh, you know, but financial management has been, it's almost when you get into this situation, you put businesses into intensive care and then you manage it in intensive care until it's well again. And that's, you know, it's probably a very appropriate way of expressing it, given that we've had to manage through a pandemic. So we have got, we have, we are getting through it. We do have some debt to repay, but modestly. And some of it's me anyway, and I'll be, um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty fair banker when it comes to lending money to the football club. Okay. Um, and is it fair to say, um, you know, I mean, I, you would have um, seen not, sim I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily referring to Wolves, so I'm referring to kind of football in general. You know, I've seen a lot of trends in ownership over the years. I've been involved in the game since two, well, as a fan of AFC Wimbledon and all the things that I, uh, I, I and other fans did to try to help uh, stave the club and then reform it. And then in my role at Supporters Direct, advising clubs, working with fans, I've seen a lot of, tre you know, trends in ownership and changes to the, the way that the game is run and the types of people owning. Is it fair to say that when you navigate the boardrooms now, um, you know, in your away trips or when, when, when perhaps directors are coming from clubs to visit Warsaw or you are perhaps um, you know usually virtually at the moment might, might be attending a, an EFL meeting for example that there's something of a trend towards a more thoughtful sort of chair uh, um, owner um, major shareholders I'm, I'm detecting there are a lot of people who are um, uh, uh, buying and owning football clubs and I don't just mean fans but, you know a sort of collection of people who actually are much more in tune with the club as an institution, what it means to fans. They're often fans themselves, but not fans um, in the in the sort of old stereotypical thing of, uh, you know, they lose their heads. I never really had much time for that idea that fans were like that anyway when they owned clubs, but there were there were occasionally people like that. Is there a more thoughtful... Um, I think a lot of the owners are very thoughtful. I mean, we only hear about the ones that are not. And I think, um, you know, the, the events of last year with the you know, the failed formation of the European Super League reminds you of the dangers of being disconnected from the football club and not understanding its history, not understanding its its values, not understanding the way that it is. And, um, you know, because I'm a you know born and bred Warsaw boy and um, took over the chairmanship of a football club, I think a lot of, I have not lost my business head for one day of it. But equally, I understand 
the Warsaw fan is probably better than most um, do because uh, I am, um, you know, I've been one of them for many years. And, um, and so, um, you know, from a cultural perspective, almost, I suppose, I'm pretty close to them, understand them, understand what they want. And, um, and I think that's important. And the moment you lose that connection, often, uh, say, when you, you sell internationally and you've got a lack of understanding about the club, then you lose that connection at your peril. Hi, I'd just like to introduce you to Matchday Digital, the world's first football-first digital magazine platform, bringing together premium paid content from clubs' matchday programmes, popular football magazines, newspapers and high-quality fan-produced fanzines. What a list. It gives access to a bigger choice of content for fans and for publishers, a far wider audience than would normally be available through their own print editions or digital offerings. You can download the app via Google Store and Apple Store, or you can use the native web app. Go to matchdaydigital.com for more. And if you're a club or publisher, drop MDD a line. They're a lovely bunch, and I'm sure they'd love a chat with you about your needs. I think that was a word that I come to quite a lot, um, where um, where I'll talk about um, dis- disconnection and connection, and that's the bit for me. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is more likely if you sell internationally that the disconnection occurs because of the sheer distance. But even with someone like Paul Barry at Cambridge United, um, very, very connected, makes the effort to be connected. Rooted yeah. is a fan there, probably. But, you're, you know, it's a good one. But also, in a sense, sometimes you do have to be um, um, connected. But I wouldn't say simultaneously disconnected. You have to be able to step back. Your responsibility is to run the football club properly so that you never enter a situation where, you know, you, you're putting the, the, uh, the club in peril. That's not what you're there to do. You're there to navigate the club through difficult times, good times, whatever they are, um, and make sure, because I mean, I don't know how long I'll be chairman, but in the life of the football club, it won't be very long because the football club has existed since 1888. I haven't. And it will last a lot longer than I will, uh, providing I look after it properly in the interim. Now, sometimes that means you have to make unpopular decisions. But, um, you know, people prefer me not to do things that I do, and they prefer me to have a much bigger budget than we, uh, we will afford. Uh, but it's nonsense economics, because eventually you'll run the club into the ground. Yeah, I mean, I do think, I mean, I have to say, I do think in my experience that if things are explained and understood, there will always be a small group of people who um, still rather psychotically, in my opinion, want you to gamble the house on everything. But I think most people will tend to accept, even if, you know, even if for 90 minutes you might be raging, will accept when they walk out the ground. Yeah, I think think so. And I spend a lot of time explaining, you know, I I do a monthly video. Last week I spent some time with the, Independent Saddlers um, Supporters Association just explaining that to them as well. But you always get the minority of people that, you know, want me to sign Ronaldo and can't understand why I didn't. But, you know, the, most of the um, supporters uh, live in the world of reality and, um, and, and recognise that, like all football clubs, we have to live within our means. And, um, and if you don't, you end up with a berry. Yeah, well, an exp- explanation, you know, this is the big thing for me is um, is explaining things to people yeah. where where setting aside the, the horrendous examples of bad ownership, 
And you're right, yeah, there are fewer than there are good examples, but unfortunately, the bad often, often, um, um, often well, they're the ones who get noticed, you see. I mean, they're, they're, they're the ones that hit the press, you know, the bad ones. But yeah, yeah. A lot of clubs, a lot of chairmen run the clubs very well, well within their means, uh, and are very sensible. And actually, I detect very much far more sensibly now than pre-pandemic and pre-Berry. Yeah. And pre-other Macclesfield, those clubs. There's a lot more um, common sense applied to running a football than there was then. And, um, you know, a lot of the clubs I talk to um, make the same noises and the same comments that I make, that you have to live within your means and you have to manage the club, you know, um, People worry about football clubs being businesses and referring to them as businesses. They are. Yeah, absolutely. They are businesses. Um, you know, they've got revenue, they've got assets, they've got cash. Um, they are therefore businesses, and um, and therefore you have to manage them. They're a dip, they're, they've got their own characteristics. You know, you know, I don't refer to the supporters as customers because they're not. They're supporters. It's an important differentiation, and. Um, you know, and if you recognise the sort of nuances of football, but still within the context from the football club properly, then eventually you will have some success. But I think what, what I was going to say is I think what marks out some people versus others, um, the general attitude and culture and move towards much more thoughtful and sensible finances is, is great. The bit that marks out some um, uh, owners and chairs of clubs and um, is... And people work at clubs is the is the listening and the explanation, and the bit that good places um, understand is that you need to explain stuff. You mustn't assume that everyone knows or even has the time to find out, or like me, be obsessed enough about it to want to find out. And that's no, it is you know. it's an absolute responsibility you have to explain the workings of the football club. I mean, I sold a player last uh, January window. No one wanted to sell him and I didn't want to sell him, but we had to sell him um, because, you know, everything, every common sense thought I ever had led me to the conclusion we needed to sell this guy. No, we didn't want to, but we, uh, it was a sensible thing to do. They, therefore, I went on to the video and explained why we'd sold this guy to Luton because it was the right thing for the club to do and the right thing for the player to do. So, you know, but some supporters don't like it but the vast majority thoroughly understand it so um you, you talked about culture very early on important yeah. word very very important word when it comes to business and you know i agree with you football is a business it's a very peculiar type of business but it is a business nonetheless and you have to run it in the right way um how much how much culture versus structure and when i say structure i'm not talking about um, um the structure of management i'm talking about the structure of relationships and how much you know, if for want of a better word, do you need to make sure that some of those structures are kind of permanent um, and that, you know, the integration of fans into how you're running the business needs to be kind of basically permanent because whoever buys the club next can't opt into listening. Listening has to be part of what you're doing and explanation. It's no good buying the football and it's no good you running it really well for however long you're there passing it on with good faith to the next person, they just dismantle it all and go, well, I'm not listening to you anymore. You don't matter. Which isn't unusual. I think, I think a couple of things there. I think the, the um, we are going to make a change and the SLO in Warsaw Football Club will be appointed to the board. Um, so that's a structural change. And that will be part of the uh, change of the 
articles of the, the business. So it will be a permanent feature unless someone comes along in the future and, uh, and decides they're going to change it all. Um, that's up to me to make sure that whoever I takes over from me and takes to club over at some point, and I have no idea when that will be, um, you know, I, I won't say to somebody that won't respect the culture and the structure of the communications to the, the supporters. I, I could sell Warsaw Football Club tomorrow, but I won't because um, the, the people that want to buy football clubs need to be vetted very, very carefully. And the first point of call of vetting that um, acquirer is me, not the EFL. And, and, I, and I will be extremely rigorous and very careful that whoever takes over um, will, you know, maintain the culture, maintain the way that the club is run. Um, you know, they, they may improve things, they may change things, but the, the culture and the communications to the supporters is something I regard as absolutely paramount, which is why I spend so much time on it. I mean, I'm doing this video. Um, you know, I did a video to the fans last week. I spent an evening with um, the Independent Sandler Supporters Association last week. I'll be doing the same with the Supporters Trust in the coming week. So um, it's important. And, you know, the chairman's notes in the programme, I write them. The, the communications boys don't write them, I write them. Um, so it, it is important. Uh, the other thing that's important to mention is I rather enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, having banter and fun with supporters and talking to them uh, is part of the role of leadership. But done properly, it's also a lot of fun. You don't always agree, and, you know, absolutely don't agree. You know, I have what's called the walk of shame. You know, if you've just lost three... 3-1 to Forest Green Rovers and you're walking from the stadium to your car <laughs> you've got the walk of shame of talking <laughs> to the supporters as you as you try and navigate your way back to your car um, but it's all part of it you know if you don't like it don't do it don't don't become a chairman of a football club if you want to be universally popular all the time <laughs> you ain't going to be uh, they're going to they're going to be uh, upset with you they're going to be angry with you um, but I'm afraid that's the way it is because the game is so passionate, you know. Um, you know I just watched us play Bradford City at the weekend and, you know, um, it was typical, you know, it was an away performance that was full of courage and we were very proud of the team afterwards for withstanding the onslaught of um, Bradford City. That's what Warsaw fans want to see, you know. They want to see courage, they want to see commitment, they want to see long bursting runs to try and defend and that's what they got and that, that's part of the culture of the club mm. um and that like yeah you have to like it i like that that's good you know you do have to you have to and you have to be able to take the rough with the smooth don't you if you're going to um be in any position you, you, like that you, you do i mean you you, you know you, you you cannot complain about it because you know if, if you go into being the chairman of a football club um there are occasions where you're going to take some uh, stick you know that before you go in, so don't do it if you don't like it, because um, it's just part of running a business, running a football club. And uh, as I say, communications with the fans is something, um, it's not something I shy away from. I, I, I enjoy it, even though at times, you know, they'll be challenging me pretty hard. Tell me, um, you know, you said the first port of call uh, uh, when it comes to, you know, changing, um, changing owners. I mean, you know, there are decisions that are made by the businesses and then there's the wider the wider impact of 
football league regu- <coughs> regulations or you know so in, in 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 some cases fewer cases fa regulations when it comes to ownership yeah. um how how much is it important in your view to ensure that yeah okay we accept that 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 clubs are, are owned by people or groups by individuals um, or collection um but then you know we are talking about a monopoly um in a in a in a closed competition so you know there's a special um you know you get special a special dispensation to be able to be a football club operating in a league um essentially by the law of the land it allows you to do that and therefore there are obligations and regulations within the league that govern how you operate um some effectively, some less effectively. We could have a discussion about the more general thing, but there is also obviously the impact of regulation by by league on uh, on, on ownership and and that kind of thing, and also where it comes to what we're talking about on when it comes to engagement. And how much is it important to say, look, yes, clubs do need to be able to communicate in the way they see fit, but actually there are some fairly standard things that everyone should be doing and um, one of those is um, listening to your fans groups talking to them about what's going on explaining and actually you can institute those what lee does at, at walsall should be done at peterborough and i'm not picking on them specifically i'm just saying as a, an example you know there's no there's no reason to say well you see you do it differently at, at, um, at rochdale to what you do at walsall because there are we all talk about how different our clubs are but really at the bottom, the, you know, at the, at, the, at the base level, if you like, they're all exactly the same. And then the rest of it's layers, it's culture, it's history. Yeah, we, we do. We have basic minimums. You know, we, we have monthly meetings with the, the supporter groups as a bare minimum. Um, you know, we, uh, we have fans forums, not as many through the pandemic as I would normally like, but we have those. So there are some, and there's an SLO, you know, there are certain things that are put in place as being part of the EFL that we have to respect and uh, and comply with, but over and above that, uh, we do we try and do an awful lot more about it than than the bare minimum because we see it as extremely important. And when you're running a football club like Warsaw, um, it's particularly important because you know our, our fan base, you know our average crowd is about five thousand, so it's really important that you engage with these guys and grow it over time. Uh, because you cannot take it for granted. You have to continue to communicate and keep communi- and um, engage with them so they understand the decisions that you're making and they're, they're sort of part of it, if you like. So um, it's really, uh, really important. So they, so could, do you think, and I, you know, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but why not? Um, is, do you think it would be a good idea for there to be, for example, more, um, or do you think there could be more, um, more required by the by the rules of the league when it comes to engagement that the practices you have? I mean, it, yes, every club has to demonstrate engagement at a basic level. Every club has to have an SLO, but not every one of them is doing it obviously in in the in the best possible way. I mean, I've seen that through the fan engagement index because I know who's practicing it well as well as actually just who has the structure. You know, is there more there or is this now about embedding it and actually, you know, long term? Um, well, I, th- I think I think there's enough structure from the EFL. I think at, at the end of the day, the EFL do not run football clubs. We do. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we do it. But then, yeah, so I actually see it um, strangely as 
the funds engagement part of it is a competitive advantage. You know, if we are better than the local clubs at doing it, hopefully fans will come and watch us rather than go somewhere else. So I actually um, want to get better at communications with fans um, and get them engaged in Warsaw Football Club almost as a competitive advantage against other clubs. We are better than some, but we're not as good as one or two others I can think of. Uh, and um, so I think um, I think we've probably got enough regulation. I think we need to leave the clubs to um, do what they think is right for their fan base. Um, we just regard it as extremely important and some of the clubs less so. Um, but I, my reason for doing it is, as I explained you know, previously, is that um, it's part of what we do. It's important for the culture of the football club. And I believe it's a competitive advantage if you do it well because you're protecting the 5,000 people that come and watch you because they want to continue to watch you, even when you're not doing very well. I hope you enjoyed that edition of the Fan Engagement Pod. Why not dip into our extensive back catalogue featuring interviews with Scott McLeod from Everton, Paul Barber from Brighton and Hove Albion, the Head of Professional Game Relations at the FA, Andy Ambler, episodes on policing, supporter liaison, fan-driven marketing, social media and dialogue, perspectives on fan engagement from Carl Fitzpatrick from Warrington Walls, Liam Scully from Lincoln City, owners, chief executives, governing bodies. We talk about public relations, communications and marketing, international perspective. We speak with politicians and more. And we've also got Baz Chat, our insight into the commercial side of fan engagement with Baz Schneider. And did they ask the fans with Tim Crow? Search Fan Engagement Pod and tune in on your favourite podcast app. I'll make sure I put my teeth in for the next episode. And please do like, subscribe and share. It does help our visibility in a crowded podcast world.
Thank you.